for a U.S. company, Section 11 applies to everything. It applies to the worldwide income of that U.S. company. And I think D means to tell us that that is not the case for a foreign corporation. It applies only as provided in 882, which tells you that it applies to, to effectively connected income. You are listening to U.S. Tax, a podcast for Australian accountants with U.S. clients. Welcome to US 18 of US Tax about Section 882 of the US Internal Revenue Code. This is Heide Robson. Non-ECI, non-fit-up income. I know we already covered this in US 15 and then in US 16, and I'm really sorry for being like a dog with a bone for not being able to let this one go. But I think it is really important that we get this right. So today and in the next two episodes, please bear with me and try together with me to work this out. Let's start with the answer. The answer is that U.S. sourced income that is not effectively connected and not FEDAP is not taxable in the U.S. That is what the majority of U.S. tax experts I've been talking with so far are saying. And so I accept that. U.S. sourced non-ECI, non-FEDAP income is not taxable in the U.S. But the question is why? How can U.S. sourced non-ECI, non-FEDAP income be not taxable in the U.S. when Section 882b1 clearly says that it is, that it is included in the gross income of a foreign corporation. So in this episode, in the next two ones, let's do one last attempt in understanding section 882b and then also 864. How can US sourced income that is neither ECI nor FEDEP be not taxable in the US when section 882b1 seems to say otherwise? Brian Kelly of Wilkie Farr Gallagher in Los Angeles, who you met before in US 12, kindly agreed to walk you through 882, paragraph by paragraph, and shed light on this mystery. But before we cut over to Brian, let me read you the relevant sections of the Internal Revenue Code so that you just have it fresh in your mind again. So it all starts with Section 11. And Section 11 starts as follows. A tax is hereby imposed on the taxable income of every corporation. And there are two very important phrases in here. The first one is taxable income. So section 11 doesn't talk about gross income. It talks about taxable income. And in section 11a, it talks about every corporation. And of course, that is a very wide net. That includes every company on this planet. So of course, that needs to get qualified. And it does get qualified in D, where it talks about foreign corporations. And it says... In the case of a foreign corporation, the tax imposed by subsection A shall apply only as provided by section 882. And so there we have section 882. And so section 882 consists of A and then B. And A is still okay and kind of straightforward. And then in B, it gets really confusing. So in A, it starts with number one and it says, a foreign corporation engaged in trade or business within the United States shall be taxable as provided in Section 11. And so it basically just loops back to Section 11, where Section 11 says look at 882 and 882 refers back to Section 11. So that is all fine to us. So a foreign corporation engaged in trade or business within the United States shall be taxable as provided in Section 11 on its taxable income. So again, Section 11 spoke about taxable income and so now Section 882 also speaks about taxable income. On its taxable income, which is effectively connected with the conduct 
of a trade or business within the United States. So Section 882 is just about effectively connected income. So the first question is basically then, yeah, but what about the other income? You know, Section 11 only referred to 882 and 882 is only about ECI. So what about the other income? Is nothing else taxable? That's the first question. And then in number two, it says in determining taxable income, so again, taxable income, not gross income, in determining taxable income, gross income, ah, now we have gross income, gross income includes only gross income, which is effectively connected with the conduct of a trade or business within the United States. So we are still very firmly in the playing field of ECI. So far, so good, apart from the nagging question in the back that says, what about the other income? But for now, let's just accept 882 is only about ECI. So now to B. In B, it says, in the case of a foreign corporation, except where the context clearly indicates otherwise, gross income includes only, so now this is about gross income. Gross income includes only, and let's first jump to number two, gross income, which is effectively connected with the conduct of a trade or business within the United States. So that is crystal clear. That's what A also was already about. So ECI, gross income includes ECI. But then in section 882B1, so I just read you number two, but now number one, it says gross income includes only gross income, which is derived from sources within the United States and which is not effectively connected with the conduct of a trade or business within the United States. And so this is also what Gary Carter based his argument on, because he says, well, 882b1 clearly includes non-ECI in gross income. So this is the confusing bit. And then there's also section 864, but we'll cover 864 in the next update. For now, let's focus on 882. Here's Brian Kelly of Wilkifar Gallagher in Los Angeles. Eight eighty two defines gross income, and as you pointed out, it defines gross income that's relevant for US tax purposes to be both gross income that's effectively connected to a U.S. trader business and gross income from U.S. sources. And I have to admit, you pointed out a language in 882B that I think most people just completely gloss over. And it's not clear to me, having gone back and read the statute after you posed this question, that the breadth of 882B has any implication for how you read 882A. 882A imposes net income tax on effectively connected income, and you apply the gross income definition for purposes of, of making determinations under 882A, but I don't think that the fact that that definition pulls in income, non-effectively connected income from U.S. sources has any impact on the breadth of 882A. Just my reading and the way that, that people tend to apply the, the rule in practice. And I, I think, although I, I would have to go back and flip some pages and, and check that the gross income definition 882B is actually cross-referenced in some other places. And, and one of the reasons that the way they define gross income there makes intuitive sense to me is it covers the two types of gross income that we care about in the U.S. tax system. If it's not either U.S. source or effectively connected with the U.S. trade or business, it's not relevant to U.S. tax computations. So it's the right starting 
point. And I feel like what you got focused on was how it impacts the application of 882A, given that it seems to have a little bit of extra breadth. But I don't believe that the extra breadth there is creating extra breadth in 882A. I think the divide between 882, which taxes effectively connected income, and 881, which taxes non-effectively connected U.S. source income of foreign corporations, is still fairly clear, at least in my mind. 881 and 882 basically come as a pair. 881 covers non-ECI income and then 882 covers ECI income. Right, right. Good. So looking at 882, it's just very odd. The title already just talks about foreign corporations connected with United States business. It's also funny that it says business and not trade or business, but let's put that aside. Is it possible that 882 basically creates the loop back to 881? So it says, yes, 882 covers ECI, but then gross income is not just ECI, which was covered in 882A. Gross income includes ACI as well as US source non-ECI. And hence in 882B, it then basically pulls the non-ECI in from 881. Is that how I am meant to read it? Well, I'm, I'm looking at the language now as we're talking. And it's 882A2 where they talk about the determination of taxable income. And they say in determining taxable income for purposes of paragraph one, which we read, gross income includes only gross income, which is effectively connected with the conduct of a trader business in the United States. And when they define gross income in 882B, they define it more broadly than that because they tell you that it can be gross income that is U.S. source but not effectively connected. And to me, I, I do sort of wonder now that we're talking about it, why they chose to do that. And I, I suspect that there may not be a wholly satisfactory answer to that, but I never really thought deeply about it just because the way the 882A2 is written tells me not to think any more about it. That 882B tells me what they mean when they say gross income. And then 882A2 tells me that for purposes of determining taxable income that's effectively connected with a trader business, I look only to gross income that's effectively connected with a trader business and the expenses that would be properly allocable to that. Okay. Yeah. Apologies. At the moment, it still makes no sense to me. It says in A2, it says gross income only includes ECI. So meaning gross income doesn't include non-ECI. But then in B, it says gross income includes ECI and non-ECI. So I, I, I just shake my head. I don't understand it. I was just thinking maybe it has something to do with gross income and taxable income. Yeah. The, the reason why I'm, I've never been troubled by that, I suppose, is that A2 references gross income, but not all of it. It says when you're making a determination for purposes of paragraph one, gross income includes only gross income that's effectively connected with a conduct of a trader business in the United States. And then in, in B, they provide a definition of gross income. And that includes non-ECI. Right. But A2 is clearly telling me that when I do a computation for purposes of A1, I'm only including gross income that is effectively connected. So it, it never really bothered me that B was broader because A2 is always telling me very clearly not to pull in things that aren't effectively connected. 
I'm sure that there's a historic reason for it that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but from sort of a day-to-day how we apply the statute perspective, the extra breadth in, in 882B never bothered me too much. Yeah, and I'll tell you why <laughs> why it bothers me is because there are tax agents in the U.S. who argue that because A1 only talks about ECI, that therefore U.S. sourced non-ECI is not taxable in the States. There are tax advisors out there that basically create a huge loop where a lot of income then slips through. And I was hoping by looking at the sections that I can address that. Can address that. The other thing that I was thinking is there seem to be these deeming rules that things are deemed to be ECI, even though there is no U.S. trader business. In 864, there seem to be deeming rules. And I was thinking, oh, maybe those deeming rules in 864 pull it then into the um, gross income of 882. There is, off the top of my head, the one deeming rule that I can think of relates to gain from the sale of U.S. real estate. That's deemed to be effectively connected with the U.S. trader business, even if there is no trader business. And so that would get pulled into 882 the way that you suggest. But I do want to mention before I forget, because it was an interesting point, that some people do suggest that you can have U.S. source income that if it's not ECI is also not subject to U.S. tax. And that is not something I've seen much But certainly there are commentators who have pointed out that it's theoretically possible that you can have U.S. source income that if it's not fixed and determinable annual or periodical or so-called yeah, so FDAP, FDAP income, hmm. right, if it's not that and it's not effectively connected with the U.S. trader business, then it is, as a technical matter, not subject to, to U.S tax. Exactly. That's what they argue. Non-ECI, non-FDAC income. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I can recall very easily having read that in different treatises, but I can't tell you off the top of my head the last time that I have ever seen an instance of US source income that was not either FDAP or ECI. Because usually if it's not one of those two things, it's probably foreign source. Okay, so what about I buy inventory overseas and I sell it in the US through distribution center? That wouldn't be FEDAP and it also wouldn't be ECI because I don't have anything in the States apart from this distribution center. The entire operation is run from Australia. So it's non-FEDAP and non-ECI. I guess let's think about it this way. You're absolutely right. I agree with you that that inventory that gain from the sale of the inventory is not FDAP, right? It's one of the few things that you can be sure is, is not FDAP. It's gain from the sale of, of property. Inventory. But whether it is ECI or not is a harder question because you sort of have to ask yourself, is the distribution center, does that constitute a U.S. trader business? And I thought the argument is because it's an independent agent. For example, it's Amazon yeah. or it's another, you know, there are a lot of distribution centers like this because it's an independent agent that it wouldn't establish a U.S. trade or business. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. If it's an Amazon distribution center, it's probably not 
an office or fixed place of business or a U.S. agent that creates a U.S. trader business. And if those are your facts, I think that under the current rules, you would have, let's say, you produced property and sold it into the U.S. The way the sourcing rule works under 863, since they changed it at the end of 2017, I think that that would all be foreign source income. No, it's only foreign sourced under 863 if it was produced overseas. But if you buy it overseas and then sell it, then it's uh, US sourced under 861A6. Oh, yeah. Then then you're under the old passage of title rule, right? So exactly. you could have... You could have U.S. source income, and maybe that's where you see it. Maybe that's an instance of U.S. source income that is not FDAP and it's not ECI. Okay, good. So you actually confirm this position that there is a gap or confirm the position that non-FDAP, non-ECI income is not taxable in the States when it is derived by a foreign corporation? That seems to be the answer we get to. I will say that your fact pattern, I haven't seen that. I know it exists, but I just haven't seen it that much in in my day to day because a lot of situations I've seen, the company would, by the time they're talking to me, they usually have a local distributor or they have some kind of a sales office in the U.S., They aren't completely offshore, just sending stuff to a distribution center. Like they've found a need to come on shore and then things become more complicated. I do think what you said is probably right. That probably is the situation where you could see something that's U.S. source, but isn't FIDAP and isn't ECI. Okay. Because while you don't see this much at the high end of town where you frequent, you see it a lot with small to medium business, e-commerce business in Australia who are selling into the U.S. market. It's a very common scenario that uh, things are either purchased, if they produce it themselves, not necessarily they produce it themselves, but if it's produced under their control, then it's manufactured and it's foreign sourced and hence we don't have this issue. But some e-commerce businesses just buy and then sell and then you very much then have US sourced income and it's unclear how that is taxable in the US under primary tax law. Of course, in a way, it's a theoretical exercise because at least for Australia, there is a double tax agreement. But there are a lot of South American countries where you don't have a double tax agreement and there this question would be very relevant. Yeah, I I think that's true. That certainly would come up and it may very well be that if you're at that point where you just don't have any presence, you take a position on that. If you've got something that's not FIDAP and it's not ECI because you don't have a U.S. trader business, the sourcing question almost becomes irrelevant. You only care about the sourcing if it's going to feed you into either of those two buckets. So for that e-commerce company, they may have a position that they just don't have U.S. federal tax liability or return filing requirements. One of the reasons why I think companies sort of grow out of that, a little bit of speculation on my part, because it's not squarely in my sweet spot, is even if you can make that work from a federal tax perspective, you still have to worry about the states. And most of the states now have either fully or partly moved to these market-based sourcing type rules where if you're selling into the state, they're sourcing at least some portion of your income to their state. 
And while I'm speculating a little bit, it seems to me like one of the reasons why you might decide that you want a separate company as a U.S. distributor is to deal with all the U.S. state and local exposures and, and obligations at the subsidiary level rather than having all that roll up to a, a foreign parent company in another country. To me, it's clear when 882 applies. If you have a U.S. trader business and you yes. have income that's effectively connected with a, a U.S. trader business, then you're in 882. And notwithstanding what we discussed about the breadth of 882B, I think once you're in 882A, it seems relatively clear to me what you have to do in terms of identifying the gross income that's effectively connected with that trader business and the expenses that are allocable to it. I get why why you're asking the question, and, and there definitely is sort of a, a funny area there, as we discussed, where you've got income that could be U.S. source, but it's neither FEDAP nor ECI. But I do think at the end of the day, the way that 882 is intended to work and, and the way that I see it applied, it seems fairly clear. The other question is also Section 11D. Why does Section 11D say that foreign corporations only pay tax as per 882? What about 881? What about when a corporation has interest, dividends or royalties? Let me just very quickly look at 881. I'll offer you two thoughts on, on that. I think that Section 11D references 882 because 882 draws on the rates in Section 11, right? If you have ECI, you're taxed under 21%. 882, yes, at the Section 11 rate, which is currently 21%, on your taxable income, which is net income. If you're under 881, you're taxed at 30% of gross. It's a different tax framework that isn't connected to Section 11. The reason that I think Section 11D says what it does about foreign corporations being subject to tax under 11A as provided by 882 means to suggest that foreign corporations are not subject to Section 11 tax on their worldwide income. They're subject to Section 11 tax on income that's effectively connected with the U.S. trader business. For a U.S. company, Section 11 applies to everything. It applies to the worldwide income of that U.S. company. And I think D means to tell us that that is not the case for a foreign corporation, that you apply it. It applies only as provided in 882, which tells you that it applies to to effectively connected income. So a company has 30% withholding on FEDAP under 881 like any other entity. Right. On US sourced FEDAP. On US sourced FEDAP, correct. So non-ECI, non-FEDAP income seems to be not taxable in the US even when US sourced. That seems to be the confirmation at the moment that's coming out of our talk, correct? Yeah. Like I said, I don't see it come up that much in my practice, but when we talk through it as a technical matter, I can see where it could arise. And when you look at commentary on the subject, people do talk about the technical possibility to have U.S. source income that's neither ECI nor FEDAP. So it's basically, these are the two big buckets, either ECI or FEDAP. Or U.S. source FEDAP, yeah. Yeah, or U.S. source FEDAP.
So that was 882 of the US Internal Revenue Code. In the next episode, let's talk about 864C of the Internal Revenue Code. Brian Kelly of Wilkie Far Gallagher in Los Angeles will walk you through the definition of effectively connected income in 864. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. <laughs>